seated. So glad you're here. Turn with me to Hebrews 12 and 1, if you will. And while you turn there, I want to thank you for being faithful to Wednesday night service. I want to thank you for coming. I want to thank all of those that uh, taught and attended the fall small groups. Uh, I love what God is doing in our small groups. We do them a couple of times a year. Discipleship is God's idea. He said to go and make disciples in Matthew. And that's the heart of the church. We need to be equipped and ready and serving when he comes. You know, our theme for this year is living with intention. And I have felt very strongly, uh, as you have, I'm sure, as the bride of Christ, that we need to be preparing for the, gr- the bridegroom. We need to make sure that we're intentional with our time and with our lifestyle and with our worship because he could come at any moment. There's nothing really left to be fulfilled. Uh, We know that we are living in the last days. So as I was uh, pondering and preparing for this message, the Lord kept prompting me with these verses in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I'm going to read out of the NIV if you want to follow along. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I like what the NLT says, a new living. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off Every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our our eyes on Jesus. From these verses, I was especially drawn by the Holy Spirit to the portion of scripture in in the New King James. This is the way it puts it. He admonishes us to lay aside every weight. This race that we're in is a lifelong test of faith that we're called to run with endurance and persistent faith. When you back up just one chapter into chapter uh, 11 of Hebrews, we find beautiful examples of those who persevered to the finish line by faith. They endured some very difficult situations and circumstances and oppositions. But I love what it says in verse 2, that by faith the elders obtained a good testimony. How many of you want a good testimony? I'm always saying to Ivan, I just want to finish well. I want to finish well. And I say that to the Lord. They ran their race and they finished well. As we run this race, we must run with the awareness that we are capable of drifting from the truth. We can't get too comfortable and settled in, think we know so much, 
We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've been in church. We've taught Sunday school to the point that we relax and become so comfortable that we begin to drift because that happens more frequently than what we'd like to admit. Hebrews 2 and 1 says, we must pay close attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We must run this race with the word of God hidden in our heart so that we do not sin against him. The temptation to sin is all around us. So we hide that word in our heart and it guards us. We must be careful not to let our Christian liberties cause us to be entangled in the yoke of bondage again. You know, we talk a lot about, um, about uh, self-care, about soul care, about Christian liberties, our Christian rights, what we, can, what we can do. But I say that if it doesn't bring glory to God, let's not do it. If it's going to cause someone else to stumble, let's not do it. If it's going to draw us away from our love of God, the love of his house, then let's stay far away from it. Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be no longer entangled again in the yoke of bondage. As we run this race, Galatians 6 and 9 warns us to, to guard against the deception. He tells us to not be deceived. We know from the Word of God that, that deception is going to be rampant in the last days, and it is. People are being drawn away. I have people that were raised as you do in the house of the Lord that have heard the word of God, some that have been saved, filled with the baptism, that now take the word of God and dispute it, that it's in black and white. Deception. Well, the word of God didn't really mean that. Yes, it did. If it's in black and white and it says abstain from this, don't do this, that's black and white. There's no room for argument but deception. So he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever we sow, we're going to reap. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. But if we sow to the spirit, we're going to reap everlasting life. So he goes on to tell us, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not faint. Don't grow weary. That is why Hebrews 12 admonishes us that we must fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We have to keep our eyes on him. We've got to look to the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He, he'll keep our foot from moving. He'll keep us stable. So we keep our eyes fixed on him. It'll help us keep moving forward. In this race, we're called to lay aside weight, every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. Most of us can identify sin in that 1 John 3 and 4 tells us that sin is lawlessness. It's rebelling against the word of God. That's sin. To him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, that's sin. And we know according to the word of God, if we continue in willful sin, that we, it will lead us to spiritual death. 
Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. When you look over in James 1, 15, 14 and 15, it says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings death. It doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord. It doesn't matter how much of the word you know. If you dabble in sin, whoever sins becomes a servant of sin, becomes a slave. And so we know what sin is. But this passage in Hebrews also focuses on laying aside weights, throwing off anything that hinders or encumbers our walk with God, getting rid of anything that slows us down, anything that, that, um, that squelches our desire for the things of God, anything that, that closes up and shuts down our worship, we, we have to lay aside those things. Anything that keeps us from living a life of obedience, we have to be careful. The Full Life Study Bible puts it in this context. We must determine to put aside things that are not necessarily sinful, but neither... Are they beneficial in helping us move ahead with Christ? These things are simply dead weight that keep us from devoting greater time and attention to the things of God. This dead weight doesn't help us grow spiritually. Now, I feel compelled to talk about this tonight because I believe we are living in the last days and I believe that God is drawing his church into a, uh, a closer relationship preparing us to be the last day remnant so that we can operate in the fullness of the power and the glory and the anointing of God wherever we are especially outside of these walls, that we carry Christ wherever we go. So I feel like this is a very important message that he's laid on my heart. We all deal with distractions. We're all prone to unhealthy habits. You don't have to raise your hand. I mean, the Holy Spirit dealt with me enough in this. We, we deal with unhealthy habits, unhealthy eating, overspending, Lack of rest, spending too much time on social media. We are predisposed in this flesh to entertain carnal mindsets and even toxic emotions that become like weights that cause us to grow weary and at times to the point where we become unproductive and unfruitful because we have become weighted down. We don't even realize it because it's happened gradually. Do you know, have you, and okay, Holy Spirit, we'll go there. <laughs> Think about this. Have you ever even thought about in church that at one time you were on fire in worship? You didn't even have to have music. I mean, you were ready to go. You were ready to worship God. And now you find yourself Looking all over, looking at your watch, looking on Facebook. Where is the passion? 
That's what weights do. They distract us. They pull us away from our first love, from things that we were once passionate about. We don't even realize it because we're overwhelmed and we're burdened and they're weights. We're not going to hell. We're still on our way to heaven. We love God. We've just got weighted down and we're distracted. We're offended. Whatever it is that the enemy has put in our path to get us off track, he'll do. So we're called to lay aside weights and sins. We know the goal of the enemy, according to John 10 and 10, is to kill, steal, and destroy. Be it weights or sins. He don't care how he does it. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and it more abundantly. So when we think about this tonight, there comes a time and season that we have to begin to exercise self-control through the help of the Holy Spirit that lives within us through the guidance and let him work in us. And here's what I wanna say to all of us. There is no part of this Christian race that we are called to run on our own. There's never a part that he says, Cindy, you go take care of that and then I'll release another level of anointing in your life. You go deal with that, then you come back and we can work. Absolutely not. He says, when we are weak, he helps us with our weaknesses. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He has given us everything that we need, according to Peter, to live a life of godliness in this time frame that we're in. The minute that we became a child of God, we were filled with all the fullness of God. We just have to begin to operate in it and let Holy Spirit help us in our weak areas. That's comforting to know that I don't have to do this by myself. The psalmist says, behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of our soul. Acts 17 and 28, you know this. I've said it so much. You can say it with me. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being in him. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me tonight, giving life to my mortal body. And just as he prompts me with what weights are there, he's going to give me the fortitude and the help and the desire and the anointing to break those things off of my life, to walk forward in him. But there's a part I play and that's surrender and relinquish and self-control through his help. He's, he's helping us. I believe the times we are living in calls for us to get before the Lord and pray the prayer the psalmist prayed in 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, God. 
and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, when the Holy Spirit begins to bring correction into our life about things that are hindering our intimacy with him and our spiritual progress, when we, you look in Hebrews 12 and 11, we find that this discipline, and we know it from past experience, that it is not pleasant. But when we yield to the pruning process, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So in the moment, it's hard. But if we'll walk it out with the Holy Spirit, we're gonna come out stronger and more Christ-like with more fruit bearing in our life. Most likely, like myself, some of you can already pinpoint some of the weights caused by actions or attitudes that are holding you back and robbing you of your time, your peace, your strength. Holy Spirit, begin to reveal it in the house. Those weights, those things that are holding us back. We want to be the remnant. We want to be the church that ushers in this last revival. We want to be a part of bringing your glory into the earth. And we know there are things that we can't carry to the next level of glory if we're going to go. There are things that won't go there. So help us, Holy Spirit. But he'll show us. He'll show us attitudes and anxiety and, and, and things that get out of alignment easily and anger that can flare up over small stuff. I said this last week, it's daunting to drive down the highway anymore. Everywhere you go, people are in a hurry. They're angry, they're upset, they're honking, they're giving you hand signals. Weights that aren't good for us mentally, physically, or spiritually. There, there, there may be some that are dealing with the residue of resentment or unforgiveness or bitterness or other things that are holding our attention captive. I've, I've talked with people on the phone, some that, that aren't even from here, that somehow got my number and that's fine and, and, and listen, to, uh, uh, listen to them over and over and over, replay things that had happened years ago. And I'm like, somewhere we have to move past it. I understand that's horrible it's hard but we got to lay aside some of those weights some of those things that God can heal us from and move forward Rick Renner said every now and then we all tolerate things in our lives that make it difficult for us to please God and we know we're if we're not pleasing God we typically aren't happy with ourselves either Sometimes laying aside weights will take time. It'll, it'll be a process. Some of you are likely in that process right now. I've been through a lot of processing in my own life. I do feel Holy Spirit is doing something in all of us. Have you ever considered that wounds could become weights in your life? Have you ever thought about that? A wound that has been inflicted on your emotions, on your heart, that hurts you to the very core of your soul, 
that has skewed your perception of even God, of yourself, of your, of your um, identity in Christ, of your call, of your potential, of the anointing on your life by a wound. Wounds left unhealed will hinder us from our full potential. They will leave us victimized instead of victorious. Wounds are weights that will stifle the song in our heart and hinder us from worshiping God the way we long to worship in spirit and in truth. These wounds will keep us from intimacy with God and they'll keep us from relationships with other people because we build this wall around ourselves to keep ourselves in and to keep other people out. And that is a lonely place to be. It's lonely. We were made for fellowship. The pews are few, or our, our pews are filled with hurting people. And understandably so, you all know this. There's none of us that doesn't have family if it wasn't us directly that has been affected by divorce, that have left a spouse wounded, children wounded and broken, molestation, one in three girls will be molested by the time they're 18. One in six boys will be molested, many by their own family members, fathers or uncles or cousins or friends. Verbal abuse and sexual abuse and physical abuse, rejection cycles that go on for generations. I have sat with countless people in the church that have dealt with molestation, that have dealt with abuse, that have dealt with trauma, and that hurt goes very deep. We have to talk about it in the church. People are in pain in the church, and wounds become weights if they're not healed. One of my dearest friends of 30 years now, she was molested, impregnated by her stepfather at the age of 15. When it all began to come out, and the law was called in, he then, on top of everything she was dealing with, committed suicide. So this left her devastated for years, and even though she became a Christian and she loved God, she was so wounded and broken, and I remember at 40 years of age, God began to say, it's time to lay aside some of those weights. And let me deal with some of those wounds. It was a process. But she kept in the process and kept her face toward God and began to let him break some of those chains off of her. And she would walk in the act of forgiveness as the Holy Spirit would bring things up in the right timing for her. And I will tell you that I watched her become fully whole in the presence of God. One of the most beautiful reflections of Christ to this day. God wants to heal people in the pew so we can begin to walk in our authority in Christ, laying aside weights, laying aside sins, laying aside things that are holding us back, that are weighing us down. He wants to heal you tonight on a Wednesday night. That's the kind of God he is. He's doing a 
accelerated work in the time that we're living. Some of you are dealing with church hurt, family hurt, wounds from a trusted friend. In Psalms 55, 12 and 14, it says, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked among the worshipers. There are people that are dealing with shame in the church. You love God with everything. But there are addictions behind the scene that bring shame. There are past wounds that leave shame. God wants to heal. He wants to take those weights that are weighing you down mentally and physically and spiritually and he wants to set you free a step at a time. The beautiful thing about Holy Spirit is this. He's loving and he's patient and he's thorough and he'll lead us a step at a time. Everyone's story is different. Everyone's journey is different. That's why we have to let the Holy Spirit speak to us on an individual basis. And when he speaks something to us and says, I want you to lay that weight aside now. I want to help you with that. The beautiful thing about God is as he did through the word, he will give you a battle plan. It's kind of like the time I said, many of you know this, Lord, if you would take care of that man you brought me, I could walk in the fullness of power. And this was a long time ago, okay? He's done a lot on us both. We were very young, very new, very married. And I got up to brush my teeth and Holy Spirit said to me, how about if I start on you? I have issues. We won't even talk about all the issues that he brought up, all the weights, all the things. One by one, he began to help me. And he still does. Because life is a process and we're in this flesh. And we're going to be in the flesh until Jesus comes or we go by the way of the grave. So until then... We work in process, and when Holy Spirit shows us weight, shows us things in our life that are holding us back, then we just come up under him in the shelter of his divine arms, and we say, Holy Spirit, help us. Is there anything in me that's offending you? Because when he points things out, it is not to shame us. It is not to drive us away. He draws us. He convicts us, and then he heals us. Isn't that awesome? Because he loves us with this everlasting love. And that's what he's doing in the church right now. He's saying, I love you too much to leave you there. Times are hard and they're gonna get harder because we're living in the last days and there are things that this world is out of whack. It is chaotic. I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid and I'm gonna tell you why because we know we win. We know we've already been told what's gonna be happening and what's happening now 
Our part is to guard our heart. Our part is to stay and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Our part is not to go hide in a cave and feel like, let's just wait till he comes. Absolutely not. Let's go to work. Let's have fun. Let's go out and eat. Let's dance. Let's shout. Let's read the word and let's call heaven to earth in the middle of everything that we do until he comes. But we will not back down from the enemy. But what's going to give us the fortitude and the grace is we've got to lay some things down, some attitudes down, some actions down, some mindsets down by the help and the grace of God so that we can grow in the word. If you're dealing with anything tonight, I want you to go out of here with your head up high. I want you to go out of here praying in the spirit, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, saying, thank you, Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm gonna overcome. I'm gonna lay this weight aside. I'm gonna overcome everything that I'm dealing with, that I'm facing, because I'm going to walk it out with you. He tells us that the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. I love that word all, don't you? The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Now listen to this one too. Many are the afflictions, the distresses, the hurts, the wounds of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them. Out of them. Out of them. (laughs) Woo! That right there will make shout, won't it? Delivers us out of them all. I want to tell you that I have a passion to see the people of God living with intention in these final hours of the ch- in the church, becoming the intentional remnant of God. I have a passion to see that. There's a passion in me to see a renewed hunger in the house of God for the things of God. A hunger for righteousness. A hunger for holiness. A hunger for the anointing of God in your life. There's a passion in me to see the church operating in the power and in the gifts of the Spirit. There is a passion in me to see the lost and the prodigals finding their way home and to see people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and delivered from bondage. There is a passion in me to see the church lay aside weights and sins and run with perseverance not to let anything past or present hold you back from the potential that God has placed in you. There's a stirring in me to encourage us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, to lift our hands in expectancy in this house. May we not be silent with our praise any longer, church. If we're, we're silent and the world is getting louder, we've got to be loud in the house of the Lord. I'm not talking about that by decibels. I'm talking about the Spirit of God so stirred inside of you that you cannot be quiet. You have to let it out. I, I've got to shout. I've got to shout and I've got to let it out. Woo! 
That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the church getting stirred once again on a Sunday morning. When we come in, we're not half asleep and half out of it. And we're waiting for the worship team to do our job for us. If we're quiet, the rocks are going to cry out. God help the church of Jesus Christ to begin to walk in the power and the passion that we have been given. Help us to come in with such an expectancy and a hope that signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word because there's such an expectancy. Do you know why things happen when people go to big arenas and God begins to move? Because they come with an expectancy. They come with a spirit of unity. They, they'll go travel miles and thank God I do the same thing. I love it. But I'm not gonna give him my praise there if I'm not gonna give it here. I'm not going to shortchange it here. Oh, it was so powerful. God moved. He moved because you were open to it. He won't move here if you're going to keep your arms crossed and your mouth shut. And you come in and say, what are you going to do today, God? We got to begin to lay aside some weights, church. We are in the last days. We got some prodigals that need to come home. And when they come in this house, not if, I want you to hear this prophetic word right now. Not, not if, but when they come in, there better be a fire on the altar of this house that will draw them back to the altar without being primed or prodded or coerced. But just the anointing of God on the altar of our heart first. And then we come in. And we see a revival. And it's not going to happen until we begin to lay aside weights and sins. I'm not talking about sins. Most of you, you're not even dealing with those things. But we are dealing with some weights. How do you know, Cindy? Well, one, because I'm in this flesh and I'm dealing with them too. But the other thing is, is sometimes you come in and you have all this expectancy. And the, the attitude sometimes is just like, we're still in our pajamas at home. We're in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the healers in the house. The one who walks on water. Why isn't there a praise inside of us? We're in the presence of the divine deliverer. The one who spoke the worlds into existence with just a word. The baptizer. Holy Spirit told me to tell someone in here that you need to lay aside the weight of fear. Fear of failure. Fear of what other people are going to think. 
fear of the past and fear of the future, what's gonna happen, and begin to walk in the authority that he has given you of power and of love and of a sound mind. You're not losing your mind. You have a sound mind. It's sound in Christ. I need to tell someone that you need to lay down your weight of intimidation. Hands are glued to your side. You can't even hardly sing a note. You want to. I'm not beating anybody up. You want to. I've been there with intimidation. I've been there. So I'm calling the enemy out on his tactics tonight. You lay that weight aside and you just do what the Bible says. You, I'm not talking about the church of God doctrine. I'm talking about the word of God. Lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. That's the word of God. Clap your hands, all you people. Sing to the Lord a new song. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. Kneel before him. And what happens is what you're doing, what you're doing in the natural that's gonna break it in the spiritual is you're laying aside weights. That's what you're doing. That's the practical aspect of it. That's a practical aspect. It's like this is the practical aspect when you're holding on to unforgiveness and someone has really hurt you and I'm not discounting because some pain is so hard. But the practical aspect is this. God, as an act of my will and according to your word, I release them and you name it into your hand and what they did to me and I'm gonna trust you to give me the love and the grace for them, to cover them. But I'm not gonna let them hold me prisoner anymore. I'm not gonna entertain it. I'm not gonna entertain it. I may not be able to have a great relationship with them. We may not be the best buddies. We may not be the family that I wanna be, but I'm not gonna hold on anymore. I'm gonna let it go by your help, by your grace, as an act of my will. That's letting it go. I'm telling you that even tonight on a Wednesday night, I was so excited about preaching on a Wednesday night. Because of this, God is gonna do something in here tonight that is gonna start an avalanche that's gonna be affecting our Sunday services. Because you are children of God, you are anointed by God, you are called by God, you are filled with all of the fullness of God. And now you need to begin to walk in what you already know Lay aside some weights. If there is sin, lay that aside too. But lay it aside. And I'm gonna look you in the eye and I'm gonna tell you this. Do not, do not, do not let the enemy hold you down anymore and shame you because you may deal with an addiction. You may deal with, uh, 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 you may deal with um, some emotions, some feelings. You may be struggling in an area in your life. Do not let him hold you back anymore. The way that you're gonna overcome is by the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb, by persevering and keep going and keeping your face in God's. And when you fail, and the Holy Spirit checks you that you fail, become accountable to somebody. And then you get up, you dust off your knees, you don't lay the foundation all over again, Lord forgive me, and you 
get up and you get your praise on and you keep moving forward. Because I'm telling you, revival is coming to the house of the Lord and we're gonna have to be ready to host it. We are living in the latter times and we are gonna have to be ready to host it when it hits. And so I'm saying to the church, lay aside every weight and every sin.